0: Hey everybody, it's Lon Seidman, and if you've got a Comcast internet account and you're not currently under a data cap, you will be soon. You're gonna wanna watch this video. Let's get to it. Now, many of you watching are under a Comcast data cap now, but many states did not have a cap imposed, mostly here in the Northeast United States. But after January 1st of 2021, the states of Connecticut, Delaware, Massachusetts, Maryland, etc., etc., will now have a data cap imposed. And the only exceptions to this are people who are paying for the unlimited internet access, their business internet customers, or people like me who are running with the Gigabit Pro product, which is good. Although some of the Comcast messaging says they're not currently imposing the cap on Gigabit Pro, so I might not be out of this either. So let's dive into this topic and figure out exactly what it's all about. Now some of you already are under this cap so you're very familiar with it but just in case uh, what Comcast is going to do after January 1st is charge you extra every time you download or upload in the aggregate more than 1.2 terabytes of data and that sounds like a lot but it really isn't and the reason why they're doing this is because people are cutting the cord but keeping their internet access from Comcast. And to date, according to Comcast filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission, almost 1.2 million people have cut off their cable TV service, but probably still maintain the internet access in some way, shape, or form. And of course, the video products that Comcast offers are very profitable to that company in addition to the internet. And I think they're doing this to try to keep people from unsubscribing from the TV services and it looks like the Northeast is starting to see a lot of unsubscriptions and that's probably what's driving this. Now Comcast says, hey don't worry because with this much data you can video conference for 3,500 hours or do 1,200 hours of distance learning or stream 500 hours of high definition video per month. The problem though is that if you live in a house with more than one person Uh, those hours are not per person, they're going to be the aggregate for the household. And it's actually very easy to punch through that limit each month. So let's put Comcast's arithmetic to the test here and see if their estimates hold up to what the service providers are telling us. So in the case, for example, of Netflix, they say that if you're running Ultra HD video, you're probably going to want to have at least a 25 megabit per second connection connection and I'm going to run some calculations based on that 25 megabits. But one thing you should know about this is that Netflix is very good at efficiently encoding video. So when you're watching a 4K movie, it's not always 25 megabits per second. It's likely going to be lower in many portions of the production, depending on how much motion there is on screen. But we're just going to assume the maximum here, and you'll probably do a little better than what we're going to spell out here in my calculations. But let's just say, for example, we're running at 25 megabits per second, no variability in bitrate. That's about 3.125 megabytes per second. Uh, That translates out to 187 megabytes per minute or 11.2 gigabytes per hour, which means that if you're watching a big production on Netflix, 4K, you're going to be able to do about 107 hours of video playback before you hit the cap. So that's not too much, especially if you've got a lot of people in the house and a bunch of 4K TVs. You'll do better at 1080p resolutions, though. As you can see here, you're just over half a megabyte per second or 37.5 megabytes per minute, 2.2 gigabytes per hour, and that'll give you about 545 hours allowed. And that's right in line with what Comcast said in their communication to customers. But there's other stuff that you're going to be doing uh, on your connection from month to month. So, for example, if you look at the Zoom bandwidth requirements for what they do, typically if you've got your group calling up with the grid, uh, you're going to be looking at, as you can see on the second bullet there, about a megabit and a half down and a megabit and a half up at any given time if you are transmitting video. So that means you're going to be, again, under half a megabyte a second here, 22 and a half megabytes per minute, 1.35 gigabytes per hour, and then you'll probably hit about 888 hours allowed during that Zoom session. Remember, they count your data usage both up and down, so you could eat up your allocation just uploading stuff or downloading stuff, but again, they're looking at it based on the total data transferred in and out when they calculate that 1.2 terabytes. Now, I also did some research as to how much some of these updates that we're constantly running on our devices take for uh, bandwidth. And if you look at something like the most recent Android 11 update, I looked at a few different sites. Those are about 1.8 gigabytes apiece for your phone and tablet and other devices. Uh, most of the Windows 10 feature updates tend to run over 2 gigabytes. The latest one, I believe, was 2.5 gigabytes. And that, of course, would have to be multiplied by the number of Windows computers you have in your house. Uh, the most recent iOS 14 update... It was about 4.8 gigabytes, pretty big deal there. And by the way, on that third column, you can see how that translates into hours of 1080p content. So every one of these updates deducts time from your uh, 1080p allocation, essentially. Uh, Mac OS X Big Sur, the latest update, 12.6 gigabytes. That'll take about six hours off your Netflix viewing. And then if you just picked up one of those new game consoles like the PS5, some of those games will run 40 gigabytes plus. That'll eat up 18 hours of your watch time. And then I took a look at my router to see what happens in my house at night. So at night, we plug all the iPads in. I've got two kids. My wife's got an iPhone. I've got an iPhone. They back up all the pictures and everything else every evening. And take a look as the night progressed here, just how much stuff was getting transferred to and from my devices overnight. Updates coming down, things getting uploaded. And you can see just how quickly you can eat into your bandwidth allocation just by having your devices on and backing up. And that's why I think it's really something that you're gonna have to track carefully here because they're gonna start charging you extra. Now, Comcast will give you your data usage uh, for the current month and prior months. This is the usage that I got out of my account the other day right before we got the Gigabit Pro installed. And as you can see here, we were regularly exceeding a terabyte of data usage. And in many of these months, especially when the kids were doing their remote schooling, We exceeded that data cap, and it's not hard, again, to hit that. And yes, I do have a YouTube channel. I'm a tech guy. But believe it or not, before my kids were old enough to watch stuff on their iPads, I was usually below a terabyte every month. Now we're far over that, and I think that's something that's going to impact a lot of families. And it is expensive when you break that cap. So here's the cost breakdown, and some of you are already dealing with this in your regions where you have these restrictions. So if you go over 1.2 terabytes, they're going to sell you blocks of 50 gigabytes for $10 each. Now, the maximum you'll hit is a $100 charge, but still, you can see just how quickly this will add up, and you may not be able to stop it before you hit that number because I don't know how real-time that chart is that Comcast gives you. They do say they'll give you some notifications and stuff before you hit it but there's no way to stop it. You're gonna get charged no matter what. And I think for a lot of folks, they're going to have a very rude surprise in their bill uh, once they get around to March. And this is a real about face from where they were at the start of the pandemic, where they just turned off the data caps for everybody, but now they're back on and with a vengeance. Now, of course, Comcast has a way that you can pay more to eliminate the data cap through their unlimited data option. That will run you $30 a month, which they will gladly take as your favorite regional monopoly. And if you do that, you no longer have a cap and you're done, but of course you're paying more. And for customers that dump the TV side of the bill, this will likely ensure that Comcast will get a lot of that money back. And for Comcast, this is pure profit because they don't have to pay anyone else for delivering that internet service to you, unlike the TV side of their business. And that is what this is all about. Comcast is striking back. They're coming after you cord cutters, but they're also taking a shot at all of the video content providers that they've had to pay for decades, and they're coming back for revenge here. And let me explain what I mean by that. So if you go over to this link here, lon.tv slash Comcast Comcast will give you a list of all of the active contract negotiations they're having with content providers. Now, the way the cable industry has worked for many years is that Comcast has to pay broadcasters and cable channels to have those channels run on your Comcast TV service. It doesn't work the other way around. And in many cases, those cable networks and broadcasters require comcast to run their network as a must run even on the lowest tier of service espn is a great example so when you hear from your local broadcaster saying we're not going to be on comcast much longer the reason is is that the broadcaster wanted comcast to pay more comcast is reluctant to do that because they know you'll cut the cord if your cable bill goes up too high and comcast has to pay these networks by subscriber. So it could get very expensive, even a small uptick in that. And it gets even worse if that broadcaster or cable channel is requiring that Comcast run their network on the lowest tier of service. And so uh, what's happening here is that Comcast wants to flip the business model on the internet side, and they've been very successful at doing that. So in the case of Netflix, Netflix is paying Comcast to run on the network. So remember, on the cable TV model, Comcast pays the network. In the internet model, the network pays Comcast. What do you think they're going to go for? They're going to go for getting paid. And that is exactly what's happening here. So in the case of Netflix, you should definitely read this great story uh, at Quartz, which talks about uh, what Comcast did to essentially coerce Netflix into paying to get their traffic routed quicker, on Comcast's network. It worked out great for customers, but it did cost Netflix some money. And Comcast realized that they now have more power over the content creators than they did under the old TV model. And this is something that is driving, I think, all of this. Now I have a prediction here, which is that Comcast is going to adopt something called a zero rating system. Uh, this is likely the least controversial way they can go about favoring certain content over others on their network. And the way it works is as follows. Comcast implements a nationwide data cap, which they've done already. And the next thing they're going to do is go out to the Netflixes of the world and all the local broadcasters out there and say, hey, we've got this data cap, but guess what? If you pay us, when our customers watch your content, it won't count against the data cap. And if YouTube decides to do that and Vimeo does not, uh, people might watch more YouTube because they know anything they consume on YouTube won't count against their cap, but anything they watch on Vimeo does. And that is something the mobile providers have been experimenting with a little bit. And what's odd about this is that this is one area that even the staunchest uh, members of the FCC and the Obama administration did not include in their net neutrality rules. Uh, Tom Wheeler here wrote a letter as he was ending his tenure on the FCC before the Trump administration took over, talking about how they specifically left zero rating out of the equation. And in his letter to senators, he said that some of the zero rating services might actually benefit consumers in competition, but there were others that he felt did not. And it was interesting to see Uh, what they reported out before the end of the Obama administration. So what they did is they looked at four different offerings that were being made by mobile providers that were zero rating services at the time that this uh, report and letter was drafted in 2017. Now, of the four services that they looked at, it looks as though the FCC was comfortable with two of them, at least marginally so, Uh, The first one was called T-Mobile Binge On, which might still be in effect right now. And what happened with Binge On was that uh, YouTube and Netflix and others would guarantee to T-Mobile that they would provide only a 1.5 megabit per second stream, essentially DVD quality, to any user that was connecting through the T-Mobile cellular network. And if they were able to do that, T-Mobile said, we won't count your video content against the user's data cap. And T-Mobile did not charge the providers for this. All they wanted was the providers to make this special uh, arrangement on the data for their cellular customers. And of course, they could opt out of doing that and the customer could opt out as well. So that one was okay. Uh, The other one they were okay with was something called AT&T Data Perks, which would allow a customer to participate in a promotion and if they participated in that promotion, maybe by downloading an app or watching some different content, uh, they would get extra gigabytes added to their cap so they could consume more data elsewhere. And this was something that the FCC also appeared to be comfortable with. The two services, though, in the report that they were not comfortable with were another one from at and called the Sponsored Data Plan. And this was more of a direct thing where YouTube could pay at and to have their content not count against the user's data cap. And they also uh, were not happy with a similar offering from Verizon called Freebie, which was a similar thing where the edge provider, in other words, YouTube, could pay per gigabyte uh, for data consumed by customers. And the reason why the the FCC did not like these two plans was not because they were zero rated. It was because both Verizon and AT&T are competing with Netflix and YouTube on the content side of the business. So in the case of AT&T, Comcast, and Verizon, not only do they own the network that you're connecting to the internet on, they own the content that you're watching on the network. And so if you were an AT&T customer, uh, you could watch DirecTV on your phone and not have that eat against your data cap. But AT&T's competitors would have to pay for the same Deal, and that was something the FCC wasn't comfortable with. So how does Comcast get around that restriction? Well, they own the cable network, and the Comcast TV business is separate, physically, from the internet. So here's a good example if you look through some of the Comcast support documents here. uh, Comcast has a way that you can stream Xfinity content at home to your mobile device, and that content, check this out, is not coming over the internet. So here, look at this. When you're in your home and connected to your in-home Xfinity network, streaming video to the Xfinity Stream app and portal is an in-home cable service delivered over Comcast managed cable network, not over the internet, so it will not count towards your Xfinity internet monthly data usage. And this is a very clear clue that this is where Comcast is headed because... This content, even though Comcast owns a lot of the networks on it, this content is not coming over the Internet. It's going over Comcast Cable TV Network, which is not going to be part of net neutrality regulation no matter what, no matter who runs the White House. It is completely off the Internet. Therefore, net neutrality doesn't apply. And so what they've done here is they've allowed you to watch this content cap-free on your devices at home. It avoids the data cap. And if you watch the Xfinity stuff through their normal app uh, on your device, it will count. And that's how they're getting around this. And that is why I think the zero rating thing is where we're going to head. This was a very telling little statement uh, in their support document. So buckle up, folks. I think we're going to be uh, seeing a data cap, no question. And I think zero rating is right around the corner. And this allows Comcast to get a lot of what it would have gotten out of throttling different services or providing fast lanes and all the things that would make the net neutrality folks really upset, they can get around that by doing a zero rating plan, having their content offered on a totally different network so it's not part of this net neutrality thing. And I think they're gonna skirt by here on this without a lot of scrutiny from the FCC. Now, I would love to hear from all of you as to how you've been dealing with the data cap where you are, And some of the things that maybe you had to change behaviorally with not only yourself, but your family to keep yourself at that 1.2 terabytes or lower. Has this been an expensive thing for you when your kids did go over the cap? Let me know down in the comment stream, and I'm sure a lot of folks would love to get some great tips on controlling their caps. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Now, this week's wrap-up is being brought to you by all of you, and we had a bunch of super chatters in my live streams this week. I've got a bunch of them to read off here. Justin Miller, A B. Carol Chermanzinski, Toys Are for Boys, Mark Dell, Alexandru Mehran, Sean T. And we also had Dylan Domodar, Brian Parker, JJ Mart, and then my friend Redacted, who had a different name that I couldn't say on air, so Redacted is what it is. And those were all during our two live streams over the last week. One of them was for the new Apple M1 MacBook Air that's driving today's presentation. And I also want to thank some new supporters we have here on the channel. Joey Cunnington contributed via the YouTube membership program, and we also picked up two new folks on Patreon, Magnus Barber and Rob Hansen. I want to thank everyone for their contributions this week and everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis, and I want to thank all of you who watch on a regular basis too because all of those things equal channel growth. Now, if you want to support the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv support and make a monthly or a one-time contribution to the channel. You can also click that join button down below to join via the YouTube membership program and get some really cool badges next to your name. We're also on Floatplane now, so if you're using that platform, I upload all of my content there as well. So lots of places to watch and support the channel. But again, if you just want to watch, that's perfectly fine, too. We always like the views. So thank you, everyone, for your support, no matter how you deliver it. Now, this week, we had, again, two live streams. One was on the new MacBook Air with the M1 Apple Silicon chip inside. I've been very happy with the performance out of this device. And we also had a live stream initially testing the 8-Bit Doe arcade stick that just came out. On the Extras channel, we had an unboxing from that Arcade Stick live stream that I uh, recorded and put up as a standalone video. We also unboxed the Lenovo Yoga 7i, which is a new Tiger Lake computer from Lenovo. And we also got in a Tiger Lake machine from HP, the Pavilion 14T. So both of those have been unboxed on the Extras channel, and we'll have full reviews coming up a little later this week. On the main channel, we took a look at the AMD version of the Legion 5 gaming laptop, a nice performer there. It's not too expensive. We had our full review of the 8-Bit Doe Arcade Stick. We might be doing some more with it, taking it apart and modifying it a bit, so stay tuned. That might be coming up in a live stream at some point. And then we also had my review of the new MacBook Air M1, and I have to say that the M1 chip is really pretty remarkable. I'm still having some issues, little issues here and there with it, like you would expect with a new platform, but it's been super quick. It's like crazy quick and when I go back to my MacBook Pro from a couple of years ago it feels really slow so it's nice to uh, see some exciting developments here on PC processors. So this week on the channel we might have a lot of laptop reviews. I'm going to shoot uh, later today hopefully my review of the Microsoft Surface Go laptop which actually is a nicely performing little device for the price point and of course very elegantly built. Uh, So we'll have a look at that. Unfortunately, no Tiger Lake in that one. And I also want to get to the other two Tiger Lake computers that came in. So we might have a few extra laptops this week than we normally do. I'll keep you posted on that. I'm also hoping to do a little bit more with the Roku and their new support for Apple AirPlay. And I got a bunch of other stuff in as well. So we'll see what my mood is like and what I feel like covering this week. But I'll be busy as we work our way through the holiday season. This is my busiest time of the year. Uh, So you might see a lot of content, both on the main channel and the extras channel, depending on how productive and energetic I am. And if you wanna be notified every time I do anything on the channel, like go live or do a product review, you can click that notification bell and you'll get, uh, get a little notification whenever something happens here on the channel. We have some other places where you can find me, including my Extras channel. We're up to about 16,000 subscribers on that one. I've got like 288,000 on this one, so it'd be great to have a few more subscribers to the Extras channel because they're short videos, but different than what you see on this one. I also made some changes to the podcast this week because I kind of had it gone, kind of went dormant. And it went dormant for a couple of reasons. It wasn't growing all that much, there was no monetization path. So I wasn't uploading the wrap up there at the same time I was uploading the video on YouTube. But I found something this past week that changed my mind on podcasting a bit uh, called Anchor. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, it's being served now from Anchor and they do have ad insertions that go into the content. So you might've already heard me talk about this in the ad that just ran a few seconds ago on the audio version, uh, but I really like it. It's, uh, it's been a great little hosting provider for my podcast, which is essentially an audio version of this show. And they host the podcast, they've got some great tools. You can edit the podcast on their website. You can even record it on your phone, uh, they monetize even small podcasts, and they give you a little bit of a opportunity for just promoting Anchor on your podcast, which is what we're doing through some of their ads. And the ads are not baked into your production, so they run dynamically. It's pretty cool. So check it out if you're thinking about starting a podcast. I think it's been a neat little thing, and I've been enjoying playing with it, and that will reinvigorate the audio version of this show. Uh, If you want to engage with the channel, you can. You can go to lawntv slash email for our very infrequent email list. We've got the Facebook group at lawntv slash Facebook group where you can communicate with me and other viewers. And I'm sure a lot of us would love to hear your thoughts on the Comcast data cap there as well. And then we have my store where I sell previously used items that we reviewed here on the channel. There's only one of everything because it's the actual item that was reviewed and if you want to be notified every time we add something to the store, you can sign up for my store alert email. And I just added my Oculus Quest 1 up there, which you can get at a good price. I promise to clean it up for you, too, <laughs> before you get it. Uh, the good news is I don't work out in my VR here, so it's not going to be all sweaty and nasty. It's in pretty good shape. Uh, but you can check, uh, check out my store alert email where we'll send you that notification every time we add something to the store and that is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap up i am very sorry for all of you who will be under that comcast data cap soon hopefully i can be part of your monthly data allocation i would appreciate that and maybe we'll see some opportunities to get around that cap that won't cost money down the road but again ultimately competition is probably going to be the only solution for that stay safe and healthy folks thanksgiving is upon us but it's really uh, pretty dangerous out there with covid a lot of my friends have been uh, been diagnosed with the virus some are doing better than others right now so please 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 if you can uh, avoid any unnecessary contact and when you're out and about keep those masks on. I can tell you for a fact, and I've got data locally that I can prove it to you with, that masks do work. Uh, and I think uh, we have to do our part here just for a little bit longer until those vaccines are available. That's going to do it for now. Until next time, this is Lon Sybin. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters, Brian Parker, Jim Peter, Tom Albrecht,